I'm Jill Miller. And I'm Mary Kastner. Those charismaniacs left you damaged and scarred. On behalf of Holy Spirit, we hope to offer some damage control. He wants a relationship with you. And we're here to support you along the way, whether it's in ministry or in your day-to-day life. Mary, how's it going? Life is life is strange. It's different. <laughs> I'm surviving. Um, yeah. Jesus doesn't want you to survive. He wants you to thrive, Mary. I know. I'm working on it. I've actually been working <laughs> on thanking Jesus for 2020 instead of being annoyed with 2020, which has I, been a whole thing. I saw that on your Instagram. Woo! Yeah, that yeah. there was a that was a very convicting thing. But yeah, yeah. How about you? What's like? How was how is life in New Zealand? You were saying that like think you're more free there than. Oh here, yeah, I mean of. life is pretty much normal. I mean, like everybody's <laughs> everything what? went back to normal, and then everybody's like kind of not talked about the fact that we just you know went through a pandemic. No big deal. Um, so it, that's kind like, of crazy. like people aren't really talking about it in New Zealand. Yeah, like they're just like. Oh yeah, that was a thing, I guess. What? Let's what just move heck? on with our life. Why can't we um, all be New Zealand? Like, well, really? I mean, we don't really have many cases. Like all of our cases are in managed isolation. So, okay, so um, it's not just like a- New Zealanders are super chill and just aren't worried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we don't have any cases right now of community transmission. So where, yeah, it's all people coming in from overseas that are being held in isolation okay have gotten it while they've been um traveling or brought it over from someplace that makes sense our borders are closed except for residents like permanent residents and citizens so they come over and then the government keeps them in a managed isolation facility like at a hotel that they've designated or whatnot and they aren't allowed to leave for two weeks woof yep so kind of crazy but other than that, I'm doing really well. Last um, last week, I was on a five-day silent retreat, which was Ooh. crazy, but really, really awesome. Um, I was really nervous going into five days of silence because it was like legitimately like five days of silence. We like complete um, silence, no conversation. Complete silence, all. no conversation. So we went to um bishop actually asked us to all of our pastoral team and our school's team he asked us to do a silent retreat this year so there was a couple of us going and we went to a place called nakuru which is out in the middle of nowhere and (laughs) awesome and we stayed with the at a monastery with the tyburn um sisters and so they're a benedictine order based out of london and yeah, so there's like no cell phone reception over there. There is complete silence from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, except for mass, which you can obviously participate in mass. And then I had 15 minutes. Yeah, because that'd be awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Poor priest, I had about 15 like... minutes of prayer or of uh, spiritual direction with a spiritual director throughout the day. And some people took longer with theirs, but mine were about 15 minutes. So that was like the only talking I got to do. Wow. Yeah. It was Oof. It was crazy. And the Lord, it was really, really good. Like, I, I'm going to be honest. I really didn't want to go. <laughs> oh. it, was like, it was like the longest that I have been, that Rob and I have been apart. And obviously, we aren't going to be able to talk or anything. Um, so it's also like the longest that we've been apart, the longest that I haven't ever talked to him, and um, since we've been probably together, and wow. yeah, it's just I knew that going into the retreat, I knew that the Lord was gonna bring up some things that I didn't really want to address, <laughs> as He does, you know. I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And so I what didn't want to go. What sort of things do you want to tell us all, Joe? <laughs> no, I don't. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of like just hurt and like things that I've been holding on to for a really long time. And wow. so I went in and the first day, my spiritual director said, I'm not giving you any scriptures to pray with. And you're not allowed to do any reading. 
So I brought like four books to read. And so I wasn't allowed to read any of them. He said, if you have wow. to read something, read scripture. And so... But he didn't assign any. <laughs> but he didn't assign any scriptures for wow. me. And so I just spent the first day, a lot of the first day, just learning to be quiet <laughs> and quiet myself and get used to a lack of noise like mm. from the world and from life. And yeah. then, so I did like some walking around. I did some painting and that you kind of You painted? Stuff. Yeah. So I took, um, I've been working on an icon, like a icon kind of painting. So it's not an actual icon because it's not, I'm not like writing an icon, but okay, it is an so icon kind of style. Leaf, like, yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. So I'm not doing that whole thing. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I painted for a while and it was beautiful. I like overlooked this like beautiful lake in the mountains and we were on top of a hill. So it was. Great setting. And then the next day, I met with him and kind of shared things that were coming up that I felt like were coming up in my heart. And mm. how Ignatian style retreats work is that he gave you or gave me six scripture verses to choose from. And he said, read through all of them. And he said, one will stick out to you. I want you to do three of them. He said, but go one by one. So as soon as you finish with your first scripture, then take like 10 minutes, sit with how your prayer went. Like, did you feel anxiety? Did you feel rest? Like, and let that kind of dictate your next scripture verse um, mm -hmm. and kind of allow the Lord to, to lead you in that way of picking scriptures. So Ultimately, I had to do three prayer times kind of a day. So pick three scriptures from the six. And it was incredible to kind of see because I was like, I don't really know how this is going to work. I've never done this before. Like, mm. uh, but sure enough, every time I would read through all the scriptures, I would sit with it and one of them would stick out to me. And then I'd be like, wow, none of the other ones are really like jumping out at me or anything. And then as soon as I'd finished the one and I'd reflect back, like I'd read through the other scriptures again and one of them would stick out to me. So it was really, really beautiful kind of how the Lord works in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, a lot of looking back on my retreat was the power of naming things, hmm. you know, like I'd kind of like repressed and kept all these things away from the Lord and kind of out of sight, out of mind. And so the Lord really desired me to name and put a name to a lot of the things that I was feeling and emotions that I was having and wounds that I had, uh, wow. which was really, really powerful, you know, and that's, that's super powerful. And it, even Ignatius, like we would say in the charismatic community, there's also a power of, of naming things right? And within Ignatian spirituality as well. One of the rules of St. Ignatius is that the, the enemy likes to work in secret. And so hmm. as soon as, and he'll say like, as soon as you name something or bring to light a tactic or a work of the evil spirit or the enemy, that that's like loses power. Yeah. And so that was a lot of, I think a lot of that breaking, breaking those chains and bringing things to light was a lot of what the Lord was doing in my heart. Mm -hmm. And that silence really is able to facilitate that. So if you've been thinking, like, listeners, if you've been thinking and wanting to do a silent retreat, like, do it. Now is the perfect time with quarantine to be able to do it and lockdown and COVID. Don't waste the opportunity. Don't let fear of having to talk to Jesus about things that you don't want to or <laughs> being away from your friends and family. Like, don't let that stop you, like, from yeah. someone who, <laughs> if I could have been like, nah, I don't want to go, then I probably if I had that option, I probably would have. <laughs> and then I would have missed my blessing. Yeah. So it was really, really beautiful. And I was telling Mary, because we've kind of talked about it already, obviously catching up, but I was telling her that one of the nights, you know, there's like a ticking noise in my room. And when everything's oh silent, you notice all the things and how loud everything is. And there's this ticking noise from the fire alarm that I couldn't stop. And so at night, I would, I would listen to music and so you'd break um, the silence kind of <laughs> yes but if not i would drive me nuts and so yeah, yeah. i would just pick from like a saved like praise and worship playlist a couple songs to to pray with and to come under an anointing and one of the last days that i was 
there, I was, you know, looking back and kind of reflecting on my retreat and kind of how the Lord had been working. And I was doing praise and worship in my room. And one of the songs um, from Bethel came on and it was like one of their spontaneous worship songs or whatnot. And a, mm. a phrase that I had never noticed before, and I've listened to these albums heaps. <laughs> but a phrase that I never noticed before was that the worship leader called out, like at the beginning of the song, that the Lord was healing memories and that he mm. was rewriting our story where shame had written that. I really felt an overwhelming sense from the Lord that that was for me. Mm. And that was a big way that he had been working in you know, my heart over those four or five days um, before. And so it was really, really awesome to be able to receive that, right? Ignatius right. say, like, receive um, those consolations from the good spirit, from mm. the Lord, and not to reject it. And so just receiving that was really, really beautiful. So even if you're not musically inclined, the Lord can still work and move in really, really powerful ways over, like, using those resources using worship that worship albums and stuff like that so yeah mm -hmm. that was awesome. my glory story slash catch up on how jill has been Woo! that's sweet it sounds like you were it was really um like powerful and rejuvenated you yeah actually. absolutely absolutely so um, do you have a quick glory story, Mary? Sorry, I took up heaps of time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, I'm trying to think. My glory story is, so things have been, there are pretty strict regulations with our diocese, with COVID, obviously, and there's we're very limited as to what we can do. And so I haven't really had worship time with a group in a while. And actually, really funny glory story. So my new pastor just loves to evangelize. Like he'll intentionally, he'll talk about how he turned to me the other day and he said, yeah, you know that like scripture where Jesus was like in his office playing solitaire and like all those people got <laughs> saved. And I was like, yeah, that didn't happen. He was always out, you know, right? So um, he talks about how he loves to go out to a coffee shop and do his work that he could be doing in an office there in his clerics so that people will talk to him. Um, which is harder now with COVID, but he still does it. And um, basically, long story short, there was this man who came up to him and was basically like, hey, so are you a priest? Obviously, he's wearing the collar. And the guy asked him this really interesting question. And he said, can you be, be led by the Holy Spirit if you haven't been baptized? And my pastor was he kind of took a moment like, that's a really interesting question at like a coffee shop randomly, you know, and he responded, yeah, you know, you see it next with I think the person's name was Cornelius, um, where he wasn't like baptized or anything yet, but the Holy Spirit led him. And it was really interesting. But anyway, long story short, this past my pastor basically came to me after talking to this guy and was like, hey, if there happens to be any worship thing at a home sometime in the next two weeks, let me know so that I can invite this dude. And, <laughs> you know, we can like pray for the Holy Spirit for him. And it was really funny because there was an opportunity. Jenna Gizar from Blessed Is She lives near us. And she was like, hey, can, can you come over to the house and lead worship? Just for a few of us, you know, and I was like, sure, that'd be awesome. But it was just so refreshing because I think everyone walked in feeling so heavy um, because of just kind of the atmosphere of the world right now and COVID and everything. And by the time that we had finished, everyone just felt lighter and like things had broken. And I felt so rejuvenated and mm. such a sense of like hope. And that dude came. His name is Zach. Zach, if you're listening to this podcast, hello. <laughs> like, Welcome. Yeah. So because he wanted to learn more about the Holy Spirit. So we even let him know about Don't Shove the Dove. And he said yes. he was going to be listening. So but Shot uh, he Zach. Really, yeah. So Zach was awesome. He had a super powerful experience with the Holy Spirit. We actually, it, I, I didn't connect this when I was thinking about my glory story, but we prayed for baptism of the Holy Spirit for him, which is really interesting. So 
I guess that launches us. Today, we are talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Woo! So perfect. Come on down. (laughs) That's awesome. That'd be awesome if church was like that. (laughs) Mary, come on down. Oh my gosh. And people are like so excited to go receive Jesus. Sorry, that was an aside. Welcome to the world of Jill. That is amazing. Jill unfiltered. Yeah, so we're talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not to be confused with sacrament baptism, the sacrament of baptism. Right. Um, So we're going to be talking about that a little bit and Mm -hmm. what it is, what it isn't, why we should pray for baptism of the Holy Spirit, and how we should pray for baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Who, what, when, where, why? (laughs) So baptism of the Holy Spirit, I I think there, sometimes I would say it's kind of a controversial thing. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit? I I think it's not not explained or like, there isn't a lot of It's controversial because there's a misconception, I think, of what baptism of the Holy Spirit is. Right, right. So there's there's a lot of I, I think just and we've had prior episodes where we've talked about our horror stories with some charismatic groups and whatnot. But I think people it, it's it's a phrase that's so commonly used in charismatic circles. And because of that, when there are dysfunctional charismatic circles um, or imprudent ones, then people can just lump in. Because they use this phrase so often, but they'll lump in baptism of the Holy Spirit with their negative experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and totally miss the boat on what it actually is and how powerful it can actually be. Yeah. So we're here to correct those things. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you have heard of Life in the Spirit seminars. That's what they focus on a lot is baptism of the Holy Spirit. And baptism of the Holy Spirit is usually something that somebody experiences when they first come kind of into a charismatic spirituality, I would say. And so what it is, is it's really a renewal of the graces that you receive in your baptism. And so we've kind of gone back and forth a little bit on how to describe that. For me, I'm a cradle Catholic. I was baptized, I think, within the first month of me being born. So I didn't really have a choice in the matter. My parents made that decision for me, which is great. I'm glad that they did. Don't get and me it's wrong. Valid. It's, it's valid. valid. It's valid. It's beautiful. Whether you like it or not, Jill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I would say for a, a big part of my life and my own story, I didn't really ever take my Catholic faith on or Jesus, a personal relationship with Jesus as something that I wanted or as something that was my own. I knew a lot about Jesus because I was catechized, Mm. but I wasn't really ever evangelized. And I think that a lot of people, when they grow up in a Catholic family, that that can happen, that you can go through what we would call like a conversion experience, right? And maybe some reversion experiences. Whereas when people come through our CIA or make that decision to become Catholic or even in Protestant circles, when they get baptized in the Protestant world, that's mm-hmm. obvious or that's usually done as an adult. And it is a choice that they're making and kind of a symbol to the rest of the church community that mm-hmm. they are choosing to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Right. In receiving baptism of the Holy Spirit, that I'm being open to the graces that I received in baptism and I desire them to be unleashed into my life to the fullest degree. Mm-hmm. And so those things that kind of lay dormant because of my own blocks or inadequacies necessarily or lack of faith then kind of gets stirred up and so that's how I would describe baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mary, what you got? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very similarly. I mean, I think that any any of our listeners, I think it's a pretty common experience if you're Catholic to have been baptized as a baby. And so that's just the predominant 
way that it's gone about, I feel like in today's culture is you're baptized as a kid. And so you might not even have a memory of it or your parents might not even practice after they've got you your baptism, you know, Mm. and it's such a common thing today in, in Catholic culture that we, we kind of lack a lot of times the opportunity to engage um, the graces that we received and actually make it our own. Yes. And um, it's just really common in our culture and those graces are there, they're real and you have them, but you can choose to not act on them and engage with them and they can remain dormant, you know? Um, But they're still very real. Yeah. It's not this like magic spell, right? When we receive a sacrament, Sacramental grace isn't this like magic hocus pocus right. that happens that we go from being Cinderella, the <laughs> girl working in the house, to like Princess Cinderella. Like that's not how it works. Unless that's how my we are open. Was Joe? I don't know about. You. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. All right. I'm totally kidding. You know, not true at all. It's okay. <laughs> there, there can be if there's an openness to it, right? And the effects of oh, baptism yeah. are still there, right? When we receive baptism, whether or not I have a cognizant um, understanding of what's happening, I'm still washed right. clean from original sin. I'm still brought into the family of Christ and into the body of the church. All those things are still there. But God is, like we've said before, God's a gentleman. God is not going to force things upon us. And so if we choose to not engage and activate those graces, he's going to respect that, right? But the moment that we say, I want those graces activated, alive in my life and working, the Lord is also a generous and good father, and he will allow those to be released in our life. Exactly. And and essentially, and it's just simplest form or explanation of it that's what baptism of the holy spirit is it's basically giving the holy spirit or the lord the permission to activate those things you're you're making that you're giving him the green light to move and to stir the graces that are already within you and and inside of you there's actually a really cool article at, written by father cantala mesa Basically, he, he, he's written several books, actually, on the subject of baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we have talked about them. Yeah. So if in you're just episode. tuning in and you haven't seen other episodes, then this would be completely new for you. But we've brought him up before and his book, particularly Sober Intoxication of the Spirit. Awesome. He really dives into baptism in the Holy Spirit in that book in particular, and he gives church fi- fathers and all these different sources in scripture and explains it so, 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 so well. But he actually talks about it basically how today with baptism, just like Jill and I were talking about, we have an an intermediary of like our parents or godparents. We're usually babies when we're baptized. But he said, this is really interesting. He goes, in this situation, rarely or never does the baptized person ever reach the stage of proclaiming in the Holy Spirit Jesus is Lord. And until one reaches this point, everything else in the Christian life remains out of focus and immature. That's a really bold statement. And then he goes on to say, miracles no longer happen. We experience what Jesus, what Jesus did in Nazareth. Jesus could not perform many miracles because of their lack of faith. And then he goes on to say, baptism in the spirits, baptism in the spirit its effectiveness in reactivating baptism consists in this. Finally, man contributes his part. Namely, he makes a choice of faith, prepared in repentance that allows the work of God to set itself free and to emanate all of its strength. And I love this analogy. He says, it is as if the plug is pulled and the light is switched on. The gift of God is finally untied and the spirit is allowed to flow like a fragrance in the Christian life. So I love that that image of like a plug being pulled or the light turning on because it's through through baptism, like we're connected to the Lord. It's like we're a lamp that's plugged in. But unless we flip the switch and allow the electricity to flow through us, 
you know, like what good does it do? And, and essentially that's what baptism of the Holy Spirit is. You're mm-hmm. giving God permission to flip that switch and for his like graces and gifts to like move through you. Yeah. I actually don't know. What was your experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit? Like, I don't, I don't know when, did you have like a concrete moment or did you just kind of have gradual like prayer for like giving the spirit permission to move in your life or there was a long time ago but (laughs) (laughs) um no i think that i actually prayed for baptism of the holy spirit twice i think oh cool (laughs) okay so the first time i think i talked actually it was to father billy we've talked about him before oh he's great yeah i had heard about it but i didn't really have an understanding of what it was but i was kind of like yeah i but i didn't really understand what it was but i was like sure if this is gonna help me in my relationship with the lord then i could get down with that (laughs) (laughs) well to do it and so i was really good friends with the older preethes and so i'd ask them to to pray with me for baptism of the holy spirit and so i remember a lot of people praying over me in one of the heights at Franciscan for baptism of the Holy Spirit. I remember people praying in tongues a lot and <laughs> things. And, and things. I remember afterwards kind of being like, what just happened? And there was that. I didn't really feel like a change. Mm-hmm. And now I look back on that and I'm probably like, because I had no idea what I was praying for. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I just know it's going to bring me closer to Jesus. Cool. Yeah. And so later on, I think it was the next year, it was when I was in Austria and I had a a better understanding of what baptism in the Holy Spirit was for. So I asked to be prayed mm. over for baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that was the first time that, and I think I've shared this experience before, where I rested and there was this, this peace. In this, oh yeah, um, and I think I talked about it, and maybe when we were talking about sensing the anointing or or something like that. But um, that was my first real, I think, experience of, of baptism of the Holy Spirit, where I knew what I was asking for. It wasn't this like vague, right, request. And and I think that says something, right? That we when we ask the Lord for things, like there has to be some kind of preparation and knowledge of what we're being open to. Yeah. Yeah, because so, it yeah. sounds like your first experience, since you didn't know what you were asking for, like it sounds like there was an effect, but it wasn't as targeted or like perceivable on your end because you didn't know what you were asking for. But once you did and you asked again, it was even more impactful because you were more disposed to receive. I think there was also probably like some pretty big blocks and stuff that I probably had to pray through and work through with the Lord <laughs> mm-hmm. that that was preventing that grace from from being there but um, wow. or from being activated but that was my experience my two that's experiences awesome. yeah <laughs> you got double <laughs> baptized <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah how about you Mary um for me it was really interesting so I had heard, I didn't fully understand what I was asking for either, except that I just wanted more of the Holy Spirit when I asked for it. And I was actually at Steubenville and it was a worship night that they had in their chapel. And the theme of the night was baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so they were actually like teaching on it. And they actually had this moment where they said, um, hey, if there's anybody here who hasn't received this yet and wants to receive prayer right now for it, please raise your hand. We'll come to your pew. And I'm like smack dab in the front pew. <laughs> so it's like, well, obviously, if I raise my hand, they're coming to me. Um, but I raised my hand. And uh, Father Dominic, I can't think of his last name, but he's one of the Franciscan TORs. And he came over and prayed for me for it. And I'd heard all these, I I just heard people have really crazy, powerful experiences of it. And my experience was father put his hand over me to pray. And I was totally receptive. 
and I actually felt nothing. It was really interesting. I, I actually felt there was no like manifestation like we talked about in prior episodes, like manifestations of the anointing or of the presence or the movement of the Holy Spirit. I actually felt nothing. And I was kind of like, did it work? Did it happen? Um, I, I kind of had this this sense that something happened, but I, I didn't feel anything at all. And but what's funny is so when people talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit, a lot of times they forget to mention the effects after. And it's really common. And I, I actually noticed this down the road. It's really common after you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and had those graces from your baptism kind of stirred up again and give the Lord that permission that scripture begins to make more sense to you. Like when you read it, you hear God's voice more clearly and it just clicks. And that was definitely my experience following that when I would go into scripture, like it was just making more sense and I could notice and follow the Lord um, and, and kind of sense better what he was speaking to me through his word. Just scripture made more sense to me and it was so much more clear. And it wasn't that I couldn't understand it at all before that. And the other thing that happened was I actually like encountered people who actually offered to pray with me for a release of different gifts. And it was just really interesting, the timing, because I felt like the Lord allowed for me to ask for a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then he also set me up with the people following that moved in gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we could pray for a release of those things, or they were able to teach me about them so that I could pray more intentionally for them or understand what I was asking for. And it yep. was maybe like within that next year that I started coming into gifts. But often what comes before the gifts is just that moment of baptism in the Holy Spirit and giving God permission. Right. Yep. So that was my experience, though, but I didn't I've seen people that have had crazy manifestations and experiences or they felt heat or they felt like this. They, they got they, they rest in the spirit super powerfully or um, they just felt this intense presence of God. I felt nothing, but I experienced the effects after. So it's yeah. kind of it, it was helpful for me because now when I pray over somebody, if they don't feel anything, I'm, I can say there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> Same thing happened to me. <laughs> Same thing happened to me. So I think that some people might be listening to this and how we've described baptism of the Holy Spirit. They might relate it back to what Protestants would describe as being saved. Mm, I can I see that. I mean, I was just thinking that. I just... I think that you can you can draw parallels for sure. Yeah. To those things. But I just want to assure you that like this is not something that is looked down upon by the church. Mm -hmm. A variety of holy fathers have talked about a desire for people to experience baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right. Pope Francis most recently said that he desires that everybody should receive baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so Karis, um, the rebranding of the Charismatic Renewal has actually put out a new Life in the Spirit seminar DVD series or something to respond mm -hmm. to that. Also, Pope Benedict talked about baptism of the Holy Spirit. He urged all Christians to be open to the gifts of the Spirit. He said, let us rediscover, dear brothers and sisters, the beauty of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let us be aware again of our baptism and of our confirmation sources of grace that are always present. And so that kind of reaffirms, right, this idea of baptism of the Holy Spirit being a recognition or a deepening of the graces that we've received already through those sacraments, through the sacraments of initiation, which is really great. <laughs> like, that's a really good thing to be able to experience. Yeah, exactly. And it, I think it's something, again, like we mentioned earlier too, there's some people have just had bad experiences of people who did not explain it well or did not um, approach it in a prudent way. Mm. But 
I love, Jill, that you acknowledged and even quoted Pope Francis speaking on it and what the church has had to say on the matter, because when it comes to what the Catholic Church actually teaches about it, there's no question, right? Um, There's just been bad experiences or misconceptions, right? Like, there's misconceptions about so many things in the Catholic Church, like people saying that we worship Mary or, you know, like, and the list goes on, but... Baptism or that it's Spirit, like a very one Protestant thing. Yeah, and it's um, it's really and not. It's cause... not. And the churches by you know our holy father saying that this is something that is good and that they desire for people to experience. Um mm-hmm. we hear the church in in her wisdom saying, you know, this this is something that is Catholic. It is not contrary to um to what we believe, which is right. beautiful. I've heard a lot of people describe it of as like a, a personal Pentecost, which I think right. is a really, really beautiful imagery of that, right? Like that we're we're experiencing the fire of the Holy Spirit coming upon our life in in a new and powerful way. And from that moment that our lives are changed, right? Like that the Holy Spirit comes in that moment, from that moment our lives are changed, much like the the people that were present on Pentecost. Like they couldn't go back. <laughs> yeah. You know, knowing what knowing the goodness of what they had experiencing had experienced and come to know through a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Right? Mm-hmm. As we were prepping for this episode, um I was reading this article and uh they quoted this priest which I thought was really good and and might be kind of a segue into um the final parts of our episode today. But he said, this is from Father Killian McDonald, and he said, whether the release of the Spirit is due to an awakening of sacramental grace or merely the fruit of prayer, the important thing is to let it happen. And I think a lot of times we get distracted by wanting the theology behind things, which is good. Like, theology is great. I studied theology. I love (laughs) theology. We're we're huge theology fans. (laughs) And there's a richness and beauty of church tradition and church teaching. Yeah. But... I think sometimes we let that be a distraction from allowing the Lord to work in our lives. And I think that's what I like about this quote, that even if baptism in the Holy Spirit isn't like an official thing, isn't something that is in the catechism that it talks about, what could possibly be wrong with allowing the Holy Spirit to come and to move in our lives in a deeper way? Right. And I think that's this, the spirit of, I guess, what I'm trying to say is like, don't get caught up, you know, whether it is a stirring up of sacramental grace or just us praying for something in the Lord, granting us that. Um, right. Just to allow and be docile to how the Holy Spirit desires to move and to pour himself out upon us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, and just looking at it simply, don't overcomplicate it. Like you were saying, Jill, like it's it's so easy for us to overcomplicate things. And um, I know I'm it's easy for me to overcomplicate things. And I think just when you look at it in that simplicity of understanding. At its heart, baptism of the Holy Spirit is just giving the Holy Spirit permission to stir up grace and move within you and through you more freely. Mm. What 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 is disordered about that? Like, what's disordered about inviting the Holy Spirit in? Nothing. Mm. <laughs> and it's it's powerful. And, I mean, even just what, with what we talked about briefly, like, I didn't feel anything. And there was still profound fruit following it. Mm. Where there was a distinct yep. difference, like, in my ability was to understand Scripture um, on a heart level, even. Um, what, it was just significant, the difference afterwards. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, I, I prayed for that thing. <laughs> Maybe this is why this stuff is happening. Okay. That makes sense. But Definitely. Um, so I think that when we talk, I said at the beginning that we would talk a little bit about how to pray for baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do that by through demonstration today. Yeah. We're going to pray. Uh, Mary's going to lead us in a prayer for um, you to receive baptism of the Holy Spirit so you can Pray with this. If you're by yourself, you can pray it by yourself and ask for that grace, or you can use it as a model 
to pray with other people and mm-hmm. to um, ask somebody to pray with you for a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit, just a, a deepening of what you received and of grace and the Holy Spirit in your life, right? Is that, right. Is that what we're doing? That sounds great. And just <laughs> quick side note, by the way, BT Dubs, how friggin' cool would it be to be able to say, my experience of baptism of the Holy Spirit was through a podcast? <laughs> like, how unique First is ever. that? Can we just acknowledge that? So I'm hoping that there are some listeners that have not yet experienced that and that they can then claim that as like their story. So I was listening to Don't Shove the Dove and the Holy Spirit just took over. <laughs> you know, that'd be so cool. It's awesome. So we're going to pray for that. I'm, I'm believing this is going to happen for some people. So and believe if already, to receive. That's Put right. We're the spot where the glory, glory comes, comes out. out. <laughs> yes. It's going to be awesome. And if you've already experienced it, we're just going to pray for more for you. And again, like Jill said, this can be a model where you can use this format. Or maybe so, you just want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit twice like me. Just like chill. Maybe this is your second story. This is great. This is great. <laughs> So yeah, awesome. maybe you had a no, maybe you had a bad experience affiliated oh, yeah. with baptism of the Holy Spirit before. Like just I ask that you just be open to this and that this be a new clean slate for you to experience this. And if you have a bad experience here, I'm sorry. Then we can talk to <laughs> Jesus so about it. <laughs> you need healing afterwards, you know, it'll be okay. Okay. All right. So just find your space um where you can just receive hit pause if you need to and um, we'll pray for you right now then we'll begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen and I just invite um, any of our listeners to just close your eyes and to just sit in a posture of just receiving maybe just having your hands resting on your lap in front of you And Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I humbly ask that you would place a drop of your precious blood within the veins of our listeners, Lord, to flow from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet for healing and protection. And Lord, I ask that you would just fill them to overflow right now with your anointing, with your presence. In the name of Jesus, right now I just, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would stir right now those graces that they received in their baptism, Lord, right now, deep within them, Lord, I ask that there would be a stirring and a welling up of that grace, Lord, I just pray even more, Lord, we give you permission, we give you permission to release that grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Even more. Even more, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would release the full baptism of your Holy Spirit upon all of our listeners. Thank you, Lord. Lord, if there's any listeners that haven't been baptized, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just meet them right now. Holy Spirit, just fill them to overflow. Lord, you're not you're not restricted by sacraments, Lord. You can still meet those who haven't received them. And they can still encounter your Holy Spirit, and I pray for that right now. And Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask for all those who have not, that have already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit the baptism of your spirit, that they would be given a double portion of your spirit right now, even more. There's always more. Lord, I ask that you would increase their capacity for you right now, and that you would fill that capacity to overflow with your presence and with your spirit right now. Thank you, Lord. Even more. Even more, Lord. 
Lord, we pray for anyone who's been hurt, Lord, that's had bad experiences of the charismatic renewal, of baptism of the Holy Spirit, through people who've been broken and haven't stewarded your gifts or your spirit well. And Lord, right now I pray healing in their heart and a new openness to the movements of your spirit. But I ask that you would soak their hearts in your, your anointing and your presence to heal all those wounds. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I ask that you would just fill every listener, wherever they're at, to just overflow in your presence right now. That they would give you a new yes, a renewed yes, to your graces, to your spirit, to your activity in their lives, Lord. And we give you all the glory and we ask that you would seal all of them in your son's most precious blood, all the work that you've just done. And we thank you and we praise you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mary. You are welcome. So, we, um, as far as a practical goes, we starting to kind of hit a point where I feel like Mary and I are like, it'd be really great if people can go out and do these things, but obviously in the world of coronavirus, oh my gosh. some of our listeners might have a, um, might not be able to, which is the reality. Some of our listeners may be in a different situation. Um, our listeners in New Zealand for sure are in a different place, but uh, right. that's okay. We're going to, we're going to give you some options here. So I would say my my first, if you haven't received baptism of the Holy Spirit, my first practical challenge to you would be to take some time to really pray through that prayer that Mary just led us through. Um, and to, you know, like some of you guys might listen to this on your way to work or in the car or, or whatnot on a run. I listen to podcasts when I'm in the gym. Um, but just to really take time to sit with that, to maybe pray um, and come under an anointing like we've talked about in previous episodes and mm-hmm. to pray with that um, and to be open to scriptures. And then, and if you can, if you are able to, to pray for baptism of the Holy Spirit with maybe somebody in your household, a small group of people, if you're able to, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if you have received baptism of the Holy Spirit, my ask of you and my practical to you is to take time in your daily prayer to reflect back on that experience that you've had. And if it was a good experience to reflect back and to reflect back to those maybe movements that the Lord was putting on your heart, maybe some of those passions, those things that he was affirming you in and giving you consolation about. And just to to talk with him about where you're at with those things and to either just be sit in gratitude or to say, you know, how do I get back to that love that I had at the beginning, you know, and return to that? Um, if it was a bad experience, to sit and to really pray through and work with the Lord of what what are those wounds that you need healing from? Yeah. What are those things that maybe gave you a bad experience? And to name some of those things and to pray for healing for some of those things and to try to work through and maybe the Lord will put on your heart a scripture or whatnot, but just to to kind of start to sift out, right? Like that was one of the graces from my retreat was to be able to sift through the voices, things that I felt like I was wounded by the Lord and to look back on those situations um, and times in my life and to be able to sift out what was the Lord and what was not and where the Lord was at in those things. And I think that's really, really important if if you've had a bad experience, even with Baptist of the Holy Spirit or maybe charismatic prayer group, to sit down with the Lord and to try to sift through those voices. 
So that's my challenge to you guys. That sounds awesome and and terrifying in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. If I did it, you can do it. That's why we call it a practical challenge. Yes, right? a challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, if you guys are looking for some more information about baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would definitely recommend Sober Intoxication of the Spirit by Kentilla Mesa. And I would definitely recommend uh, having a look at Father Dave Pavanka's Wild Goose series. Um, oh, he goodness, does yes. A, he does a half hour, 27 minute episode on baptism of the Holy Spirit and kind of unpacks that a little bit more. And so you might mm-hmm. find, you know, if you still have questions leaving this conversation, which is good. It's meant to be a conversation starter, not to give you a whole like exegesis and <laughs> teaching right. on it. Look into that and to watch it and seek to learn. Seek mm-hmm. to learn and look at all those resources that are available for you. There might be some maybe resources with life in the spirit. You know, mm-hmm. I doubt that that they're running sessions probably right now. Um, in the midst right. of COVID, but they might have some great online stuff as well. Yeah. If you don't know how to find that, you can probably contact your diocesan office and they would have that information. Most dioceses would probably have that. Right. But yeah, that video that Jill mentioned, if you go on YouTube and just search Father Dave Pavanka and search Baptism of the Holy Spirit and it'll come up and it's it's so good. He's he speaks to he does such a great job at speaking to such a wide audience and broad audience and making it understandable and also being engaging. Like his stuff isn't boring. It's super well done and really really practical too. So that that video is awesome. If you see it's the the thumbnail should be him like I think he's like at a campfire or something. I remember there being a campfire in the video. It's awesome. Yes. It's mesmerizing. Father Dave Pavanka. <laughs> Or the Wild Goose series. The Wild Goose series is actually yes. a whole series that he does on the Holy Spirit. So if you're looking at mm-hmm. doing something, that'd be really great. And it's all for free. It's all online for free. Full free so. on YouTubes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So cool. I think that's us for the day. That's everything. It's all we have for you. Well, guys, unfortunately, this time has come to a close. <laughs> we <laughs> much say so long, farewell, oh as speed and say goodbye. <laughs> Juice. We leave you in peace. That's awesome. All right. Bye, guys. We love you. Have a great two weeks, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.